Welcome to the Hoops for Christ podcast, the podcast about making an impact on and off the court, finding out what people's mission is. I'm very honored right now to have my brother, the very esteemed Phil Handy of the Los Angeles Lakers. Phil, welcome in, brother. Big Phil, man. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here with you, man. No, I, I love it, man. And uh, we got to actually officially meet last year at the Committed to the Craft Conference. And uh, there was a few things that really my first impression of a person picking up someone's energy. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. When I met you, the first five minutes, I got it. <laughs> I understood why you would feel handy. And guess what? We weren't on the court. It wasn't about basketball. It was you as a man and how you treated people because you didn't know me from a can of paint. And one thing I really appreciated about you where you were asking me questions about my program, how you could serve the coaches. And, um, you know, you could have had me at an arm's length, but I appreciate how you were transparent about that. And during the conference, I thought it was amazing how every single person, you know, kids, men, women, they came up to you. And um, you looked them in the eye and you 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 gave them all the attention, man. And I just want to tell you, man, uh, that's something that stuck out the most to me and I respect about you, man. No, I appreciate that, Phil. I think, um, look, man, the game of basketball is, is just that, right? It's a game. And I think in the world that we live in, um, I want to use a word, fandom, stardom, all of these different words that you can you can think of. Sometimes I forget myself that, the NBA is a separate entity and, and people look at that entity with a, with a glamorized uh, lens. And so for me, I'm just like, man, this is a game of basketball. We've been, we've been playing this game since we were kids. This is something that we love. And it's a, to me, I think it's a privilege. It's not a, it's not something that's just given to it. it, it I feel privileged to be able to coach basketball and earn a decent living from it. So for me, man, I've always just tried to, keep that in perspective about where I come from, how I was raised and the parent, my parents have got always try to teach me about the respect of others, treat others, how you want to be treated. So, man, I, I appreciate that. I think that's, um, it's just a good representation of how I was raised. So speaking of that, about your parents, this is a backstory. I love telling these backstories on a podcast. I got a hold of you. You committed to it. I was actually in a snowstorm, an ice storm in Nashville, and I got the okay. So I was like, yeah, we running the event because I got my brother, Jan Baker, who you love. I got Phil, you know, Rob jumped in, and I was like, I got the dream team, right? And then um, I believe your manager said, hey, they really want to send Phil somewhere um, overseas to do an event. And dude, you didn't know me yet, but uh, to this day, I look at it as an act of grace. You said, no, I gave Phil Morrison my word. I was going to be at his event. And I heard the story. I would love for you to tell this about when you went to college, you wanted to go somewhere. But your father said, no, your word is bond, man. All the man has is his reputation and his word. Uh-huh. And I looked at that story and I got why you committed and you, you you followed through with me, man. Tell me that story. Yeah, man. My dad was, uh, he's straight old school, man. Born, you know, born and raised in Louisiana. Uh, basketball to him was, that was, uh, you need to get a job. And my dad was always, you know, you need a job. 12 years old, he was on a farm driving a truck, you know, doing, doing, doing real work. I, 
one of my best, one of my good friends in college was at a local junior college. We were crosstown rivals. Hawaii was recruiting me. I had I had a plethora of schools, man. And you know, you're in college. Everybody wants to take their their visit to Hawaii, man. Shit, I'm going to Hawaii. I'm gonna get out to this island. <laughs> Let me get out to the island and get some of this sunshine. And um, you know, they brought me out on my visit. They were, I mean, they were heavy on me, man. And it was almost kind of like I was like, man, how do I get these dudes off my tail? This was, you know, at, at the time. I was going to commit to Cal Berkeley, go play with Jason Kidd and, and Lamont Murray, you know, in my backyard. So wow. I went on my visit. They were pressuring me on my visit. Like, hey, you know, we don't really bring people out here unless they're serious about coming here. You know, they were trying to get me to sign when I was there. And I was like, nah, I can't do that. I got to go home. And my parents told me not to sign. And so I got back home and they were calling me every day, Phil, just every day. And I'm like, all right, coach, listen, one of my best friends, He's a point guard over at San Francisco City College, doesn't have a scholarship. If you guys are willing to sign him, I'll come to Hawaii. So I didn't think they were going to do it. Like, the kid's a good player, but I just didn't. I didn't know if they had scholarships. I was just throwing it out there, Phil, trying to get them off my trail. Man, they were like, Phil, we're going to call the college coach. We're going to get some film on him. We'll get back to you. Then they called me back two days later. They signed him first. They went out. <laughs> they went out. They went out and signed him. And I was like, oh, snap. This is going down. So, man, they were calling me. They couldn't reach me. The coach was like, hey, we're coming. We signed your friend. We are. He was in the Bay Area. We're in San Francisco. We're coming to your house. I was like, nah, man, this is not going down like this. I tried to disappear. Coach went to my house. My father was there. Mm. He told my dad the story of what happened and how he gave him my word and blah, blah, blah. And my dad was like, yeah, don't worry about that. Don't even worry about that. My son committed to you. He's going to follow through on his commitment. So sure enough, I come home. They're sitting on the couch. My dad is like, uh, what, what is this I'm hearing about you? Um, giving this man your word and now, now you're trying to back out of it. Just he can't find you. You know, you, you, you told these people you were going to go to that school. You were going to sign that contract and go to that school. And that's mm. how I ended up going to Hawaii. You know, by that, that me giving them that word, or hey, you sign my, my, my buddy and I'm coming. My dad made me stick to it, man. And, and I was, that was a lesson that I had to learn the hard way. Now, look, I went to Hawaii, had a great career there wasn't my choice though and it taught me something about man be careful what you say be careful what you tell people if you can't follow mm -hmm. through on it then definitely do the best you can to not say something that you can't complete and now uh, that just kind of stuck with me Phil look I'm, I'm not perfect I've still made a lot of mistakes in my life but my father definitely my parents definitely instilled in me hey, look, you tell someone something you better follow through on it to the best of your ability so that was uh that wasn't a hard choice for me, even though it was some NBA stuff and Lakers stuff. They wanted me to go someplace, and I just said like I can't. I have another commitment that I committed to, and 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 it was uh ended up being a great event, man. I was I was very happy to be a part of it with you. Well, I look at that as an act of grace in my in my personal life. I just look at whatever's supposed to be yours is going to be yours, and 
somehow, some way, it feels like, man, the Lord positions people in your life. A door opens that was locked on the other side and someone had to open that door for you. You know, I look at when you, Gannon and Rob said yes to my event, that opened up a door, man. My life's changed over the last year and, and definitely you're a big part of that, man, as far as opportunities that come my way. Uh, one that really sticks out before I went overseas, I reached out to a lot of people that played in the Philippines where you're about to go this summer. Yeah. My dream was to go there because my mother's Filipino and, and she passed away. So I, I felt like it was a way to continue my dream of playing, but also maybe get a little closer to my mom in some ways. And no pro over there would answer me. They all kind of big dog me. Hmm. But there was one guy, and he was a, a big time player, man. He got a nickname, Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> Kelly yeah, shout out Kelly Williams. You might meet him when you're over there. He he took the time, wrote a very detailed message, has the same energy of you, man. Listen, this is how God works. Years later, my first scrimmage game in the Philippines was against his team, and he was warming up on the other side. Man, I walked straight across the court, shook his hand. I said, man, you don't remember this or know who I am, but you took the time to write me a message and I'll never forget that, man, because that was the encouragement I needed that moment. God used you. And that was an act of grace, man. Do you, I'm sure there's a lot of stories like that. Can you think of a person who an event happened, they opened a door for you, right place at the right time where you're like, man, I'm not the Phil Handy you see today, this evolution, if it wasn't for this person or this event? Yeah, man, I have a lot of those people in my life. Uh, I mean, I think we all, right, anyone successful has someone who given them the opportunity some kind of way, whether it be advice, sometimes it could be financial, sometimes it could just be giving you their network or, or just giving you the opportunity to figure out the best way to reach the goals that you're trying to reach. So I have a lot of those people in my life, Phil. You know, there's um, there are a lot of people that have helped me along this journey. I didn't get here by myself. Uh, you know, I started my business uh, in an area called Marin County, and the head coach of that high school, his name was Rick Winter. He was the head coach of that high school. For some reason, man, grace of God, he he saw what I was trying to get accomplished with the kids. This coach didn't know me from Adam, you know, and Marin County is a very affluent area. Uh, you know, not too many black families in that area, but at the time, this man saw that I was really trying to help kids and athletes get better. Marin Catholic is probably the most prestigious school in that area. He gave me keys to his gym. and said, mm. Coach, I love what you're doing with these kids. As long as you train our kids in this area, look after them, train the kids at my high school, you have this gym anytime you need it. He gave me a key. Mm. And that was the launching launch pad of my, of my training business. At Marin Catholic High School, uh, Rick Winter, man, blessed me in so many different ways. Phil, I, I did my business for 11 years. I never paid a dime for gym, for gym fees. Wow. He blessed me tremendously to run my business, grow my business, and become, uh, become who I am today, man. I, I'll never forget just that act of, of kindness. You know, so again, on different levels, right, there's always somebody that plays a part in our lives that helps us get to where we want to be ultimately. So in a way you're paying that forward. I definitely see that, you know, a lot of people come 
uh, I've come to you, obviously your work with your app, your certification event coming up in LA this summer, but they come to you and they view you as someone who's made it and is an authority, you know, from the position you sit in, is there certain qualities that you think are really important for a great coach or in our, our day and world, uh, a great basketball trainer, what they need to have? I think the number one thing, man, is humility. To me, that's the number one word. I think a lot of a lot of people in the in the coaching world and the training world, the ego that they possess is is something that's out in front of them. Man, I I try to disarm people every chance I get because of maybe what people have seen about my career or who I've coached and and some of the accolades I have. Man, so I try to help people understand right away. Look, my love for the game of basketball means that I'm here to help anybody and everybody that wants to get better. And I have no ego when it comes to that. I don't care who you are as a coach, as a player. If you want to get better and I can help, I'm going to help any way that I can. So I, I really think those two words for me, humility and 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 being egoless, are, are the two most important attributes that we can have as coaches and trainers because it's not about us. Even though we are, you know, we're, we're kind of like the um, – catalyst where we help people a lot it's really not about us right it's about what we give and what we put into the athletes that we work with the teams that we work for that's our serving you know we're here to serve I think a lot of people don't understand that being a coach you're serving the greater good of the athletes that you work with so in some way we are serving these people so they can take care of their families so they can you know earn more money Whatever it is, we're serving them to help them be the best athletes that they can be. And that's not really about us, right? You have to have a spirit of giving and understand that, um, you know, being a leader is, is, again, it's about sacrifice. It's about sacrificing large parts of yourself for other people to be successful. I, I think the first thing I said was talking about humility, and you emphasized that. You know, another backstory that uh, really took me back last year was watching you, Gannon and Rob, you guys are all powerhouses in your own right, but how you, your chemistry and your synergy together. Uh, I remember Gannon would pull out a notebook and start taking notes <laughs> as you and Rob spoke. And what I realized at the top, they all are looking to learn from anybody. And at the bottom, and I think a lot of this, you guys operate out of an abundance mindset. And at the bottom, there's a scarce mindset of people trying to get up. And a lot of, uh, you know, in other words, I, to promote myself, I need to bring you down. And you see a lot of that, the ego. What do you feel like is, why do you feel like there's such an obsession with being an NBA trainer or needing to prove yourself? Can you speak to that topic of, with the boom of social media and the Instagram trainer and people that see Phil Handy and think, I want to be the next Phil Handy. And you're saying, no, let's, let's emphasize, let's kill the ego, emphasize humility. Well, I think for me, Phil, the biggest part of that is, well, I want to be the next Phil Handy. I, I don't know what that means in a lot of people's eyes. I've always had the mindset of how can I help someone else in the game of mm -hmm. basketball? The game of basketball has always been about, man, how can I help someone else? How can I help this player get better? And over the course of the years, I've learned and understood my platform 
and understand the position I'm in. Okay, well, how can I help other coaches get better? How can I help other trainers get better? And so when you're not, when you make it more about the game and not about yourself, how can we all help the game of basketball be in a healthy place, right? That means that everybody plays a part in that. The, the basketball industry is so big, there is room for everyone to have their own slice of the pie in your own area, right, and do your own thing. But as we come together, there's no need for one trainer to turn tear down another trainer. That doesn't serve anything. It doesn't serve the game. It serves the individual, right? So for me, it's always been about the game of basketball on a global scale. How can we make it healthy? How can we make this product be a wholesome product as much as possible, right? And, and we all play a part in that. So I've always taken the, the, the road of, hey, man, I want to I wanna show these, these trainers that are younger, that are coming into the industry. Hey, if you're, you're in the gym with me, there is no job too small. So if I'm in your gym, I'm there to help you. I'm there to, to assist you. If you need me to rebound, got you. I'm there to help and to continue to learn. It's not about me coming into your gym and trying to take over and run your workouts, right? I'm there to continue to learn as well. So, man, we always have to remain students of the game. You talked about Gannon writing down. We're students. I'm still a student. Every opportunity I get when I step on the floor, I'm trying to learn something. As much as I'm teaching, I'm trying to continue to learn. So if we can, everyone in the basketball world, I don't care who the coach is, who the trainer is, if you can take the notion of remove yourself and say, how can I help the game of basketball be healthy and wholesome around the world? Everybody plays a part in that, right? So there's always a way to pay it forward. There's always another trainer that you can help. We can't train everybody. I yeah. can't train every player on the face of the earth. So what does that mean? Well, man, there's another great trainer over there. If if I can't do it, I'm certainly not going to put the other trainer down and say, hey, man, nah, I don't want you to go work with him. There are so many different voices in the game of basketball, and it's always about the athlete. So if we remember, how can we help the athlete get better? So if this athlete needs to go hear two or three different voices from different coaches, as long as they're not teaching them bad habits, go for it. Go get it because the, the objective is to help you be the best player that you can be. And that might happen from two or three different people. Man, you on fire right now, Phil. I'm, <laughs> I'm over here. This is like a sermon right now, dude. <laughs> uh, man, these are these, you know what, Phil, look, these are things that are dear and dear, dear to my heart when it comes to basketball, yeah. man. I'm, I'm, I'm very adamant about helping the training culture become better because it, it is what it is a place that needs to be better. And if, if trainers would just understand, like, man, listen, there's there's respect that needs to be given. I show every trainer that, that messages me, any trainer that comes up to me, any trainer I'm in the gym, I show them all respect. I show them all respect, man, because it's, it's not an easy business to be in. And I think I always try to lead by example by showing people how I operate. Hmm. That's beautiful, man. Let me uh, let me close up on this question. Um, after the conference last year in Louisville, you sent me a voice message. And to prep for this interview, I listened to it. I sent it to Ryan, my business partner with the conference. And he texted me back, man, that still gives me chills. And what it was was... 
I was hosting the event, and you, Gannon Baker, Rob Fodor, was all, obviously our There's a lot of great coaches. But doing that event, the thing that you spoke into my life and, the, and these other two who I look up as some of my basketball heroes right now, is you confirmed that I have my own lane, that to continue to be Phil Morrison, and you have a special gift. You bring a spiritual aspect to the game and a desire to teach. And hearing that from someone like you and G and Rob, it showed me that who I am, I need to focus on that and go all in on what I call being a basketball missionary. That's my mission. Mm. I don't need to be Bill Handy. I don't need to be Gannon Baker. I can learn from these gentlemen. I can take away the humility that at the end of the day, God designed me to be who I am. And that gave me the confidence and the launching pad. And that's what I would like to know from you is like, what is your mission? What's your why? What the game, all that you have accomplished, what's in front of you and what drives you? Yeah, man, my why, Phil, that's a great, great question. Gives me chills. I feel like God, I feel like God put me on this earth to teach people life lessons through the game of basketball. Mm. The game of basketball is, is a vehicle, but when I started my training business, right, it was the premise of it was to help young athletes build confidence. I want you to learn how to be a confident individual. And so how do you build confidence? One, you learn how to work hard. Two, have some discipline. Three, be accountable for your decisions on the court, right? So all of these things for me were about, man, I want basketball to help these young young athletes to learn how to be hard workers and go get what you want in life. So if you can commit yourself to being a, a an athlete, you come in for two hours and you lay everything out on the court, work as hard as you can, leave it out there, you're going to get the results. Some kind of way you're going to get the results. And I feel like all of that stuff has just kind of morphed. Basketball has been the vehicle for me to be able to inspire people, motivate people, and then really just – help people understand that putting in the work is, is that's not a, uh, it's not a nerdy thing, man. That's, that's how we have to live. Be responsible for your own habits every day. And so the game of basketball has been the launching pad for that, for me, my why of helping people figure out their lives through the game of basketball in some kind of way teaches you life principles, man. Phil, Man, you're, I'm going to speak a word to you, man. You're anointed, brother. You're anointed. I think people look at you and they see, oh, that's the guy that trained with Kobe. He trains Braun. He trained with Kyrie. And as if the players came to you, man, and I really look at it like, no, nah, God sent you in their life. When I met you, I got why players trust you. And it wasn't about the basketball. I, I definitely sensed that it, it wasn't just about the basketball. And, um, you know, man, I pray you just take a step back. You're going all over the world this summer. I think you have no concept of the impact you have on millions of people. And the fact that you're teaching life through the game, man, that's beautiful, man. Nah, I and I appreciate it. I appreciate that, man, big time. Yeah, I can't wait to chop it back up in San Diego. Yeah. Man, let us know what you got going on. What do you have going on this summer that they can come to check you out? Yeah, man. Well, I will be I'll be in the Philippines for a little while. I'll be uh I'll be in Taiwan. I'll be in Singapore. Um 
I'm gonna be in Japan for a little bit. I'm doing a doing a, a nice little thing in Greece, and then, um, I'll have a little bit of a few days in Germany. So there's there's a lot of things that, to take place with with coaches and players, you know, all over the world. Um, and then you know, and then I got my day job. You know, my my day job is to is to make sure that you know I'm, I'm servicing our players, the Lakers, make sure that they're continuing to get better. And then you know, the biggest thing for me, you know, the two biggest events for me that I really really take a lot of pride in is one is I do an elite girls event. It's called sweat. You know, we, we started this whole program for women's, women's basketball, strong women, executing athletic talent stands sweat mm. stands for that strong women, executing athletic talent. You know, I, I'm, I've always been a big fan of, of trying to help the women's game grow and it's growing. So, you know, we, we have that event August 11th and 12th, and then also have the certification event, uh, which is going in its third year. Yeah, I use the word certification, Phil, but this is more of a, of a, a community building thing where I'm, I'm really inviting people into my home, you know, my home, me, my basketball court, and sharing my process of all the knowledge that I've gained over the years and giving them a front row seat to uh, everything that's made me successful as a coach. And it's just a great weekend of, of sharing knowledge, networking. You know, we have about 200 coaches that show up and just kind of have an opportunity to be around each other, talk basketball for two days, and uh, that's just that's just what it is, man. It's, it's a it's a community that we're growing to help people again. How can we help the game of basketball be in a healthier place? Hmm. And I will say, if anyone's listening to this, watching this, if you can at all, invest in yourself. Get to the certification. Get around Phil. Phil's an extension of the community. You're gonna learn. Um, like I said, it's not a cost. It's an investment. I'm coming straight from a missions trip out there, Phil. Yeah. I'm going to be there. Man. We're all going to be out there. I'll be out there and show you love as I sit there and soak it up. Phil, thank you so much for the interview, brother. I appreciate you. I love, man. I look forward to seeing you soon, man.